Hello everyone, welcome to Cinema Soft Underbelly. I am your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening, then by now, after all these episodes, you should know that uh, this show is all about horror, science fiction, fantasy, gems in the rough, uh, awful, god-awful, terrible pieces of trash sometimes. Uh, I'm here to talk about them to you, dear avid fantasy horror fan. Zuh, hopefully. Um, okay, so tonight uh, I'm going to just touch on some recently watched stuff. The last episode that I recorded, I uh, really focused on some of the boutique labels that are releasing some top quality stuff here in the second half of 2016. Uh, there's uh, Arrow, Scream Factory, Code Red, amongst others, are releasing some top tier, top tier in the horror world uh, stuff. And I'm really looking forward to those. Now, I want to try to catch up on some recently watched, and I'm going to tr- probably probably be jumping all over the place here as far as uh, particular genres. And, mmm, coffee. That's yummy. Uh, Akron Coffee Roasters, right beside where I work at the Nightlight Cinema. Very yummy. If you're in the area, stop by Akron Coffee Roasters. Back to the show. Uh, okay, so... I want to start with um, a rewatch of the Airport series. Now, granted, this is not uh, this is not necessarily underbelly material per se, but it is a time capsule of the '70s, literally all through the '70s. And I thought it would be kind of fun to discuss these movies a little bit because I honestly I have not seen these movies since the VHS days, honestly, and even even then. I recall watching the first two on VHS, and I believe that the third one, and especially the fourth one, I only watched on network television uh, when they were airing at some point or another. So, let's talk about Airport and what these movies are and the significance that these movies have on uh, well, on disaster pictures, honestly. Starting with Airport, so basically here's the deal. With uh, this, this was released recently on Blu-ray as a four-pack uh, remastered Blu-ray set, and for the longest time these were not available in a very good remastered format. Airport, the original, had a Blu-ray release, but most of the time these movies were only available, especially back in the day, on really, really shoddy quality VHS. Uh, so it's nice to see, and these are fairly big budget movie so it's nice to see that they got a really good remaster and they do look really good especially the second uh, two so there's airport from 1970 and then there's airport 75 from you guessed it airport uh, 75 it was made in 1975 airport 77 which is airport 77 is made in 1979 or 77 and then the last one is Concord uh, Airport 79 and that was made in 1979. So so we're at the very very first one. I'm not going to spend as much time on this one. This is I hesitate to say it's my least favorite because it's so uh, it, it is essential viewing when it comes to especially when you're watching these. But it seems like a precursor to uh, the two significantly better entries directly following this. And then before we get completely derailed and bonkers, last one, Concord. Um, first and foremost, this movie is rated G, 
which I do think is uh, kind of funny that a movie like this would be rated G. But it is, and it's very quaint, and it's almost soap opera-ish in its approach to the disaster aspect of it. There has been definitely numerous uh, better disaster picks than this. Probably my favorite disaster picture from the 70s, and this was like in the 70s, there was was a ton of disaster movies, a ton of them. Um, They're Avalanche, Meteor, Towering Inferno, Poseidon Adventure... To name just a few. Well, my personal favorite uh, is the uh, Towering Inferno. I thought that that was a fantastic movie. Having said that, there are a couple entries in the Airport series that are top-tier stuff. And Airport really, to me, kind of kicked this whole subgenre disaster pick uh, off. And what a lot of these, most of these actually, would do is they would take a uh, an all-star cast. And, I, and seriously, the, the cast is pretty impressive through all of these regardless of the quality of them you know a lot of the names in the movie uh, you'll you'd at least recognize them especially as they go on so airport stars burt Lan- burt lancaster dean martin george kennedy george kennedy actually stars in every single one of the airport movies which i find quite funny uh helen hayes uh barry nelson oh, let's see who else we got here Gary Collins. Anyway, so the premise in this movie here is two hours and 17 minutes. Two hours and 17 long minutes, I would say. It's a bit long. Uh, um, premise is a bomber is on on board of an airplane and the airport almost closed by snow and various personal problems of the people involved. And so there's a bomb on the plane. Uh, they take way too long getting to the actual uh, crusp of this movie here. It's more of a melodrama leading up to this this terror act. Uh, it's still a good movie. Uh, again, watching it through the eyes of like this is a time capsule type of thing here, but it doesn't have the staying power of something like, say, Night of the Living Dead or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, to where it's like it's still a creepy, relevant movie. This movie here is very much of its time, uh, but it is fun to see where. That series and the disaster picture got started. Now, another cool thing about these, and I'm going to probably say this several different times throughout the this show, is that these movies obviously, very obviously, were the blueprint for the airplane movies. And I'm not just talking about the first airplane from 1980. I'm talking about Airplane and Airplane 2, the sequel. And those movies uh, basically are a, I mean, it is a complete riff on not, I mean, the disaster picture, kind of, but it mainly just they took these movies, all four of them, and smashed them together and made uh, David Zucker and uh, Jim Abrams just made this hilarious spoof of those movies. And uh, there are definitely bits and pieces of Airport in Airplane 1. However, uh, getting on to the next couple ones, there's a lot more stuff that they got from future installments. So anyway, the first airport, it's definitely worthwhile watching. And by the way, this whole series is very much worth your time and money. It was only $17.99 on Amazon, which if you do the math, it's, you know, it's under $5 a Blu-ray. So it's like you're paying like $4 and it comes in a spiffy packaging, uh, slip box case, looks really nice. The sound is great on it. The picture is gorgeous, especially on 75 and 77. I thought the picture was really, really good in anamorphic widescreen 1080p. So uh, anyway, 
head over to Amazon or, I mean, the big box stores uh, generally have it. I believe I saw it at Best Buy the other day. So, Airport, good movie. However, things definitely get better when we get into Airport 1975, as I, I would like to call it Airport 75. Uh, this one here, much shorter. It's only an hour and 47 minutes, which is a lot more reasonable for the subject matter, especially with people being stuck on an airplane. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that they are, essentially. It's just people stuck on an airplane. But we're focusing a lot less on the drama on the ground and much more what's going on in the air, and I like that. Uh, it, it's still, you know, you still have stuff that probably, honestly could have been trimmed out and wouldn't have affected the story at all because it's very melodramatic. Uh, this one here is rated PG. And um, the budget on this one is actually, it's only $3 million, which it seems like, it seemed like more. Uh, and maybe it's because the Blu-ray cleaned it up so good. It looked so incredibly good that it felt uh, like a higher budget. And, you know, if this is back in 75, but $3 million probably bought you a lot more than $3 million buys you today. So, there you go. The cast for Airport 75 is Charlton Heston, the great Charlton Heston, Karen Black, George Kennedy, of course, Susan Clark, Linda Blair from The Exorcist, and she was in this movie because she was in The Exorcist, and that's about it. Uh, Sid Caesar's in this. Uh, Ed Nelson. The list goes literally on and on and on. There's so many people here that you're like, oh, wow, like half this or over. And this is a big cast. Like there's a jet full of people. And it's like half the cast. You're like, oh, I recognize that person from something. Or I recognize that person from this movie. So this one here, I like the storyline in Airport 75 significantly more than the first one. Just because they're a lot more tightly focused on on what's at hand with the jet and the accident. This one here actually, this is dealing with an accident. There's a, uh, the, this airliner gets diverted from California to Salt Lake City. And along the way, there's a small prop jet or small plane that uh, the, the guy flying the plane has a heart attack. <clears throat> this is no spoiler. This is, I mean, pretty much you look at the cover of the, the, the box and you know what happens. And, his plane veers off and collides with this 747 jet. And it basically makes the jet pilotless. Lucky for us, lucky for us, we have Karen Black as a stewardess who is in a uh, on-again, off-again romance with uh, the great Charlton Heston. So she takes over the wheel and she is now the pilot that is trying to steer this thing on autopilot and things are going wrong, obviously. Gas is leaking. Uh, star-studded cast is grumbling and complaining and in fear of death and all that good stuff. And there's heavy drinking is involved in this one. That's another thing that I found quite funny is um, the pilots smoke in the cockpit and there's copious amounts of drinking all through the movie. And yeah, I mean, it's a jet. People drink on the plane. But it was, I just found it funny how, like, we're talking like some people are getting just hammered. And I thought that was kind of funny because it's a PG movie in the 70s and let's get drunk and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I really liked this one. It, this is a toss-up between this one and the next one as being the very best of this series and some of the finer examples of the disaster pick from the 70s. Uh, it, it's just a fun movie and I like how it plays out. It, it, um, it still could use a bit of trimming, but it's much more manageable at this version versus the uh, the original airport movie. 
So uh, this one here is essential. And by the way, none of these you really have to watch. You don't have to, one. You don't have to watch them in order, and you don't have to watch all of them because they're just they're they're made because they make money, and so they're not really sequels in any way, shape, or form other than they're just. Airport, Airport 75, Airport 77, and Airport 79. So there you go. That's the only connection that they have in George Kennedy, which, meh. Okay, so Airport 75, good movie. I liked it. Uh, has a great last... Uh, I mean, obviously at this point you know how these movies are going to end, which is fine, but it's still fun to watch. Next up is Airport 77. And boy, this one here has such a good... such a cool story. It's a... My only negative with this one is it gets a it gets to be a bit longer again this one here now is an hour and 54 minutes versus the hour and 46 minutes of the previous one but the cast is stellar uh jack lemon lee grant uh james stewart george kennedy again christopher lee is in this one uh katherine uh quinlan uh james booth robert hooks robert foxworth Darren McGavin. There's so many, so many people in this movie that you're like, oh, that person was in, you know, I, I recognize that person. Airport 77. So this one here revolves around a 747 jet that has a whole bunch of priceless, uh, priceless museum artifacts on it. And it's going to a specific location, obviously, to have this stuff delivered and Lo and behold, art thieves hijack the plane. Uh, unfortunately, uh, their plan, which is a very well laid out plan, I really dug the plan and where it was going as far as how they were how they were doing this whole heist thing. One thing that is worth noting is that it back in the seventies, it was so much easier to uh, to just be shady and sneaky around airports and it's like I'll go into a bathroom and put on a mustache and wig and no one will notice and I'll be fine wearing a pair of sunglasses even though I look totally totally guilty of something uh and just it just the security was so lax back then and so it I have to take myself when watching these movies and you as well should take your you know take yourself out of where we are now and think about where things were in the 70s and yeah sure you Smoke on the plane, and anybody can walk on. Pretty much, you can walk up to the pilots, you know, to the to the cockpit and chat with the pilot because that's cool. Not so much anymore. So, uh, but it is interesting how they do actually end up hijacking the plane, and uh, and also avoid being detected because that was that's you know well obviously you're going to have the air force or whatever chasing after you as soon as you take over the, the plane and then you're, you divert the plane well they go under the radar unfortunately they get into some fog and bada boom they crash into the ocean and sink down to the uh not that far but far enough underwater uh that they're now now the whole gimmick of the movie is how do these people survive on a plane that is slowly crumbling in the ocean and water is leaking in so it's a really cool premise i really like it uh there's a couple of extremely obnoxious, annoying uh, characters in the movie. Uh, mainly, uh, I think her name Lee Grant. She was a she, good actress. Uh, she was in uh, The Omen Part 2. Good actress, but so annoying. She, her character was written so incredibly annoying. She was actually Christopher Lee's wife in the movie. 
and I'm like, oh, you're painting her to be a bad guy, and it's that's fine, but I'm like, you're she's she's annoying. Like her, her whole character arc could have probably been cut out. I think her whole character in general. Um, but anyway, the the stakes seem a lot higher in this movie just because uh, they're stuck underwater and time is running out, and it, it was really good. And the special effects were good for their time. The budget on this one here was $6 million, so it was doubled. It doubled the uh, the budget of the previous one, although it looks about the same to me, but I'm guessing because they were dealing with water, and they're, they're in the water on in this movie. But it's a solid movie, and just everything that it goes into them being... Or are they rescued? I shouldn't spoil it for you people that haven't watched or heard of Airport 77 from 39 years ago. Anyway, it's a good movie. I liked it. Uh, it's right there with Airport 75 as extremely fun, watchable disaster pick from the 70s. Last but not least, maybe, is The Concord, Airport 79. From, you guessed it, 1979, an hour and 53 gruelingly long minutes. Um, here's where things go south. And they sh- they so should not have gone south with this movie. The budget was $14 million. And I guess I should say what the budget was on the first one. Um, let me just look that up here because it's the only one that I did not say the budget for. Oh, the budget was $10 bucks on the first one. And it grossed $100 million, which is crazy. Um, but to me, I thought that... Uh, that Airport 75 and 77 felt even bigger budgeted. And maybe it was just because they find they, they kind of honed their craft with those two. Uh, but th- here's the thing with Concord. I'm not sure if it's the writers or the director or both, but this one here feels borderline like the airplane movies. Like they, they're jumping the shark at this point with, uh, with this movie. The jet's cool. It's super cool. I've always been a fan of the Concord jet. I wish the thing would still be in service and flying. That would be so cool. Like, that would have been my dream is to get a flight on the Concorde. And supposedly, this was actually the Concorde that later crashed, maybe? Because um, one of the Concords did crash. Uh, so, anyway. Um, the uh, it, It's basically a comedy, uh, which is sad, because the jet's so cool. But... Uh, it's got a good cast. The cast of this one here isn't quite as good as the cast on the previous movies. There are some, you know, some some name actors in this one. Uh, we have Susan Blakely, Robert Wagner, George Kennedy again, Eddie Albert, uh, John Davidson, uh, Jimmy Walker. David Warner is in this one, and he looked completely embarrassed the entire way through. I'm like, oh, dude, you look like you don't want to be there, and you look like you're doing this for a paycheck, and you probably are. Um, so uh, the story is all over the place. There is uh, – oh, boy, where do I start? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off the, uh, the synopsis here. Uh, it's the last airplane movie, and George Kennedy is in it. He – he is a pilot, uh, Joe Petroni, uh, and he is flying this Concorde, and there's nuclear missiles that are after him because there's a girl on the plane that has top-secret documents, and so they uh, have to avoid missiles, and they have to avoid, uh, I think, French Air Force jets because the this company is trying to shoot them down as not just by way of... Uh, 
of uh, missile, but also by jets. And then they finally land in France. And then this is what's funny. And then not too long after that, they all climb back onto the onto the Concorde to take off again. I'm like, really? You're you're going to get into the same plane again very shortly, directly thereafter the this horrible incident. And of course, terrorists have sabotaged the plane for it to crumble in midair. Uh, so it's like people are back at it, and it's like, oh, it's just, it's another midair disaster that we narrowly avoided here a few days ago. Now we're back at it. And it just, it's just silly. Uh, they didn't have to have either the first, the first terror act or the st- one or the other would have been fine. Um, it's just such a wasted opportunity that they had this cool Concorde jet and they made it so goofy and silly and almost slapsticky, which a year later airport, uh, airplane would do to, uh, perfection, perfection, uh, airplane, Basically, rips riffs on Airport uh, 75, a little bit of 77, and then there are pieces. Well, not really pieces. Concord is pretty much its own thing. At this point, it's it was so silly that, um, like I said, it was kind of riffing on that series uh, by itself. The first three Airport movies were shot in scope, uh, 2.35, uh, the great-looking anamorphic, and Concord was... The just the more full screen uh, sixteen by nine, and I don't know why for some reason, and that's fine, that's that's cool, but for some reason, it makes it feel uh, less epic, I guess you could say, than the other ones. It just it feels more TV movie, it, kind of back to the original one, but cheesy movie of the week, I guess you could say. It that's just what this feels like. Um. The the Concord footage itself is hit and miss. There's some great shots of the Concord, and then directly thereafter, it goes into just awful, awful chase scenes in midair with the fakest looking jets and missiles. That I mean, it's like we're talking mystery science theater bad uh, special effects. And it's like, where did the money go? Did you, was it the second tier cast? Because that's forty fourteen thousand fourteen million dollars is that's kind of a lot of money for something that didn't really turn out that good. So it, um, I don't believe it did that good and it was uh, pretty much panned across the board, which it should have been. It's, it's silly. I guess watching it with a bunch of friends drinking might make it funny err, uh, but the runtime is just bloated as, uh, it's so bloated. Anyway, as a whole though, these are fun movies to watch. Uh, I am glad that I took the time to watch them uh, again, they are a time capsule of the 70s disaster pick. They're not the best examples. 75 and 77 come close. I still prefer, personally, I, I prefer Towering Inferno. Some of the other ones I, I don't recall seeing Meteor. If I have, it was probably on network television back when I was a kid. Same with Earth. Uh, there, there was Earthquake, Meteor, Avalanche. Um, my goodness, there was a bunch of these things back in the day. Um, but they were cool, and uh, you know, honestly, I would I would almost take these movies over the uh, the silly stuff that we get now. I mean, San Andreas was okay, but 2012, Day After Tomorrow, um, these huge epic disaster picks, and maybe it's just because it's the director. I'm not a huge fan of Dean Devlin, Ron Emmerich, but uh, they just it's too much. There, it's like I would probably pick something like. Uh, um, was it Deep Impact? Was that the movie that uh, I think that was the movie 
with Elijah Wood. Yeah, from 1998. I really, really liked Deep Impact. And that one there felt a lot more like the old 70s disaster pick where there's a lot, lot, lot of buildup, uh, emotional buildup that you get involved with the, uh, with the characters. And then the big event happens. And especially with Deep Impact, this is back in 1998. The special effects were really, really good. And it worked. Um, so I, as far as a more recent disaster pick, that's one of my favorite ones, honestly, is Deep Impact. Uh, I would pick Deep Impact over Armageddon, over Volcano. Dante's Peak was okay. That was another one that had a very similar feel to where there was a lot of buildup. And then the, you know, the... the terror unfolds but this stuff like 2012 or 2012 whatever it's just non a non-stop barrage of things that are improbable versus that build-up and supposedly there's a new one out from uh, uh it's it's called the wave and i'd really like to uh check that movie out yeah, there it is from 2015 and i believe this is a norwegian movie um but supposedly this movie here has that same feel of a very uh, slow build-up, and then when we finally get to the destruction, it's all the more powerful uh, versus just in-your-face CGI destruction all the time on a constant boom, 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 go, 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 go. I, it, it's it's nice to, um, yeah, it's it's nice to to. To have that breathing room, and I'm blah, I'm blabbing now. Okay, anyway, that's that's it for that. Um, okay, uh, do we have time for one more? No, not really. Um, uh, I thought that I was going to get through much more stuff. Man, there are so many movies that I, and of course, the movies that I talk about on this show today, I was going to talk about on Movie Freaks, but I guess I'm just going to have to infect Movie Freaks on our next show with uh, more underbelly drivel, because trust me, I've got them. Uh, mainly, Escape Escape from the Bronx, uh, Jaws 3D, Jaws the Revenge, awful movie, Rabid Dogs remake, The Destroyer, well, no, I talked about The Destroyer a little bit already uh, on Movie Freaks, that's a Lyle Alzado slasher movie from the 80s that I really dug, Edge of Sanity with... Uh, with uh, Anthony Perkins, which was not a good movie. And here's the main one that I wanted to talk about uh, that I did not get a chance to talk about today, and that is a movie called Sorceress from Jim Wynorski, starring uh, Linda Blair from the 90s. It's something that you would see on Cinemax at about 2 a.m. in the morning, and that should be all I need to say about that. I am actually going to talk a little bit more about that movie on Movie Freaks because... Jokes abound with that one. Trust me. Uh, so that's heading your way. I am. I am actually very much looking forward to talking about this Rabbit Dogs remake because I loved the Mario Bava original Rabbit Dogs, which I've talked about already on this show, and this French remake. Uh, all I can say is I don't want to spoil the review because I'm going to talk about this on a future installment of Movie Freaks. But do yourself a favor, check it out on Netflix because um, uh, it's it's. It's quite something. You should check it out. So anyway, that's going to do it for my show today. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope that you've enjoyed my little side uh, side delving, rabbit trailing into disaster picks of the 70s. I wasn't really planning on going this long about disaster movies, but I did, and that's okay. You can get a hold of me, Eugene-Weaver, hotmail.com. Any comments, comments, questions, movies I should see, movies I should avoid, all that good stuff. 
Make sure to check out Movie Freaks. We're on iTunes, my co-host Derek Marner, and of course our buddies over at Cinema Sidekicks. They're covering a lot of new release stuff as well as some classics. Give them five-star ratings, all that good stuff. I'm done talking. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Tune in next time for more horror goodness. Thank you.